Hi, and welcome back to the Rose Rambles. This is a podcast where I, Angel Rose, do in fact ramble. I love to have conversations with really interesting people on topics I find super fascinating. So grab yourself a glass of wine or a hot cup of coffee, and let's get rambling. For most of my life, I have cared so much what other people thought of me. I have let those thoughts impede on my entire life. Um, And then I turned 30. And I don't know how, but I stopped giving any fucks. (laughs) My guest co-host today, Amanda, is a very good friend of mine. And we are both moms navigating our 30s and everything that comes with it, right? So when you're younger you're 19, you're 20, you think 30 is ancient. And we're here today to tell you that 30 is sexy. 30 is strong. 30 is powerful. And our 30s have been transformational so far. So without further ado, welcome Amanda. And we're going to tell you all about being 30, flirty, and surviving. Well, hey, Hey, how are you? I am so much better that the heat has died down. Oh, it has for you, has it? Has not here. It hasn't for you, no. (laughs) No, and it's so crazy because you're really not that far from me. But like, I know sometimes my grandma who lives like six blocks over will be like, it's raining. And I'm like, it's not. Like, Like, how does that happen? I know, I know, it, but it does. But yeah, no, it's, it was like, it was still really hot today. It was definitely not as hot as yesterday, but still it was like 36 or something stupid. So just like melt and die and sit in your own sweat kind of weather. Right. And there's nothing worse than being really, really hot and having tiny people be so hyper and running all over and jumping. Yes. And I'm like, why yes. are you guys not yes. feeling this? <laughs> They don't get it. Like my kids will be like, so my kids are the kids that like go like tomato red, like from mm-hmm. the heat, even like my daughter scares the shit on me on the regular. Cause I douse her in sunscreen, but then like 15 minutes in, she's like so red that I'm like, are you burnt or are you hot? <laughs> right. And they'll be like, I'm, we're not hot. And I'm like, you guys are literally the color of a fire truck. Are you sure? <laughs> no, not hot. <laughs> It's like when they're in the pool, right? And it's freezing and they're shivering and their lips are blue. And like, do you want to get out? You look cold. I'm not cold. I know that's my middle child. She'll never get out of the water. We have to physically remove her before she gets hypothermia because she is just obsessed with being in the water, even when it's too cold. I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. To be a kid. <laughs> I know. I, you know what? We were probably exactly like that. We just don't remember. Thank God. I think we block out that kind of stuff on purpose. Yeah, probably. For growth, probably. You know? <laughs> so today we're totally. actually not talking about kids. No, I know. I'm actually excited to not do that for once. <laughs> right? I don't even know why I brought the kids up. I should have never <laughs> because we are talking about being women, being human people who are parents, but that I guess often let that be the only thing that people know about us, right? Like how often have you introduced yourself? And then the first thing you say is, I'm a mom. Yeah. Like every time, every Every time, like yesterday, it's funny that you say that because yesterday we went to my brother's surprise 30th birthday party and like my brother has children, but a lot of his friends do not. So like, they're very loving to my children because they, you know, I've watched these kids grow up really. And 
but I found myself like having enjoying so much conversation what that wasn't around my kids and then one of them was like so how are your kids like what what are they into these days and then I just had this like revelation of like oh yeah I wasn't talking about them and I and then I just felt like so weird that I wasn't talking about them but I was like no I should enjoy not talking about them because you know who I am and what I represent like doesn't have to be just mom like they can actually ask me about like my life and my job and my podcast and you know all the things that I am doing outside of being a mom (laughs) right but it was like it was like weird for me at first I'm like oh yeah should I be talking about them I get that because I sometimes even feel a little bit of guilt when I make something too much about myself which is so weird to say out loud um but if conversation is it's so rare like you just said it's rare that I don't bring them up because like they're my whole world, even if I don't want them to be. Um, so it's really interesting transitioning when you realize you want more about you than just being a parent. And I'm yeah. kind of interested in what you're doing over the last little bit to integrate a little bit of like who Amanda was before she was a mama back into like your daily. So you can feel, I feel like I would be happier and more whole if I was a bit more of myself pre-kids. I don't know how you feel about that. Yes, I 150,000% agree. (laughs) But like, also, I don't know if this resonates with you, but like, sometimes when I try and do things that were pre-kid me, they don't feel really right either. Mm, Yeah. So I'm like, trying to, I think I'm still trying to figure out like, what it is that I like now. Um, But I'm definitely taking action I try and do it daily but I definitely do it you know four times five times a week probably to make sure that I'm doing something that's happy or that makes me happy and that is like strictly for me and if I have to drag my kids with me to do it um, I'm clear with them like this is what mommy wants to do so we're gonna do this and then you know we can get to do you know whatever it is that you guys want to do but um like I try and do first for an example of what I drag them to. So on the weekends, I am a single mom life like yourself, but yes. uh, I do like I, my husband just works and it's a lot, like it's a lot, three whole days. I work one of those days with them at home with me, you know, um, my husband works 12 hour shifts. So I am doing a breakfast, lunch, dinner, bedtime all by myself and it's the fucking lot. So kudos to you, Angel, honest to God, because I don't know how you do it. I do it three days and I want to die day two. Oh I'm like, somebody just hit me with a vehicle. Don't give me any kudos because literally same. <laughs> I'm like begging for someone. Well, you know like what? Just come to the door and ask me. Like there was a girl who came to the door the other day, like a young girl. And she was like, I'm wondering if you need a babysitter. And that made me nervous. I was like, this is weird. But also I was kind of like, it's maybe weird. come in. I don't know. You know what? Like, I, I'm not sure what I think about this, but we're going to give it a go. Right. I think you move in. I don't know. <laughs> right. I get so it. You take your kids and you. But I I'll love. take them to like Starbucks. Like okay. that is something I've like designated to myself on a Saturday or a Sunday. It's like a little treat for myself, but it like gives me my sanity. So it's nice. like, you know, I will do whatever the heck you kids want to do 
but at, you know, two, three o'clock, we're getting in the car and we're driving to Starbucks and mom's getting a coffee and y'all are going to just be quiet <laughs> and I'm going to drink my coffee and they hate it because they're like, Starbucks takes too long. And you know what? It, it does, yeah. but <laughs> it makes me happy. And then like through the week, I've made it like, a, like my job, honest to God, to check in with myself, like, how am I feeling? Am I feeling overwhelmed? I'm a healthcare worker. I've had like the last however long it's been since the stupid pandemic started. <laughs> They've, it's been really stressful. So I make sure that I communicate with my husband, you know, like I'm having a bad day. I'm overwhelmed, whatever. So if that means I am coming home, putting the kids to bed with you and then ignoring him and, you know, drowning myself in Real Housewives all night long, I do that. Um, I also have a podcast like yourself, which I love. I love having conversations with other women like you. Mm-hmm. I love being able to talk about things that I'm passionate about on a platform where I feel like, you know, we get to touch other women's hearts and souls and maybe heal some of the things that they're hoping to heal. Right. Um, I make sure that I pour myself into that one night a week too, because it's just something that's just for me. I think it's such an important lesson that you just said, I tell the kids, we'll do what you want, but like mommy needs to do something for her too. Like I can't pour from an empty cup. What an important lesson, right? That you're not even knowingly teaching these kids because I'm early in my thirties. I think you are too. Mm -hmm. And I never learned that. (laughs) No one ever taught me Me either. Take care of yourself. Like make sure you feel fulfilled and happy and at peace because I mean, if inside of you is a tornado, you're not going to be able to bring anyone else peace and calm. And I think that's so cool that you're taking the time and you're showing the kids, even if it's not always enjoyable for everybody, everybody deserves something happy in their day. I love that so much. Oh, thanks. You know, and it's true because at first I always would think like, you know, is that like bad of me or something like I wouldn't feel great about it because the kids don't want to do it. And I remember being a kid and you know, that feeling of like, well, I don't want to do that, but mom's making us do it type thing. Right. But that was more like, we're going to get groceries or something, but my mom never took time out to be just her. So when I wanted to do those things, I felt like a piece of shit. Like I thought I'm not a good mom because I don't want to pour all of myself into these children until I did realize, no, what makes me a good mom is when I pour myself in back into myself and show my children that I matter too. And it's okay to create boundaries with your children to say like, sorry, if this makes you mad and you don't want to do this, but we're doing this for me because I need to do this and then we'll do what you want to do. Like, I think it's really healthy. I think so too. And I think like we just said, I never did that before. And when I turned 30, I was newly separated. And my life was so different than it had been since I was a, a child, right? Like I met my ex-husband when I was 18. I know, so there was so like, crazy. So crazy. So there was never any, you know, exploring in college time or like everything I did in my life, I did in that relationship. Yeah. So then I had this whole minute where I had to real like I had to come to terms with the fact that I don't know myself. I don't know mm-hmm. what brings me joy. I don't know what's wrong with me. And I don't mean that in a mean way, but I didn't know, like if I had mental health issues that were unaddressed or if I had trauma, I needed to, I like had suspicions. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, I knew that something was going on, 
but I had never, you know, went to therapy or just ever talked about anything like that. So I have found that my thirties have been so transformational and I never anticipated that because I remember being 18, 19, 20 and thinking, ew, 30. Yes. Like I never want to be 30. And now I look back thinking, ew, 20. <laughs> what oh, yeah. was I doing? Uh, yeah, totally. I feel the same way. I'm like, when I was 20, I thought I knew everything and I knew nothing. Like I was in, like, I would like to slap the 20 year old. <laughs> right. I'm like embarrassed for her. I'm like, honey, no, take a seat. Yes. No, I, I feel learn. the same way. Right. So I started exploring things that I always had felt were maybe like embarrassing or like only people who didn't have their shit together do like counseling and therapy and you know, like seeking out that time, like meditation, all these things that I'd mm -hmm. never done that I thought genuinely because I was so naive and immature to my own inexperience in life. I thought these were like crazy people things. Yeah. Right. Like who needs that? I don't need therapy, dude. Trust me. You need therapy. If you're listening right now, <laughs> go to therapy. You need it. If you have the accessibility to counseling or therapy, because I know it's not cheap and I know it's not for like, it's not covered for everybody, but if you have the chance go, cause it will change your life. Totally. And it's so crazy. Like the things that come up in there, like I never even knew those kinds of things were important to me or had bothered me. And so I have just been taking everything that I've learned over the last couple of years and trying to become who, not in, even necessarily that I want to be, but who I am, if that makes sense. Oh, no, 100% makes sense. I actually, like, you know, I, I hate keep bringing this back up because we were talking in the beginning that, you know, we're more than just a mom, but I really feel like um, when I had my daughter, I struggled with really bad postpartum depression and postpartum rage. And I went into therapy and I have just put myself back into therapy through the pandemic right. and it has been life-changing, but like, I swear to you as corny as this sounds, I feel like my daughter was brought into this world to really help me figure out who I am because since I have gone to therapy, since I've had her, I've really figured out a lot more of exactly what you said, who I am, what my past traumas are, you know, why my daughter triggers me so badly. And it's taught me so much about myself, which has then helped me, you know, thrive the last two years. It's helped my marriage grow. Um, like, I just feel like I understand myself so much more now and that I am like a completely different person, but I also feel like that also comes with age, but 20 year old Amanda wouldn't have gotten to therapy because right. 20 year old Amanda would have been like, I am not crazy right. where 30 year old Amanda was like, somebody please help me. This isn't right. I was going to say 30 year old Angel was like, you kind of are <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. You know what, girl? you need some help. <laughs> like take we're not going to put, yeah, we're not going to put you down here, but you know, you need to lay on the couch and let the person write the notes. Right. There's a reason why these people are paid to do this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or in the last two years, we need to get on the zoom calls. <laughs> exactly. Put your headphones on, just do the damn thing. 
You know what? Can we also just talk about that for a second? Can we just talk about the fact that I can now get therapy from the comfort of my bed? It's almost, This is life-changing. Oh my God. It's almost too convenient to get better. Like, what's our excuse now? <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, what? I don't know. Like, I don't think I ever want to go into in-person therapy. I don't. <laughs> no, this is so much more comforting, right? Because you're with your own things in your own space. I, that's the part that was always hardest for me, um, socially or like in counseling or anything is I have such bad social anxiety. So physically like getting out of my house and getting to these places is excruciating sometimes. Right. Yeah. It's awkward sometimes. Like a zoom call is also awkward. Um, but like at least, yeah, you're surrounded by your, your home. Right. Crying on zoom is weird. Yes. Crying on zoom (laughs) is very weird. Yes. I, do agree with that because then it's just like I'm bawling my eyes out I'm having this emotional revolution and I've figured so much out about my world and my life and then I just close my laptop and go upstairs like it's you look at your screen and whoever is doing your session is just nodding just nodding at you and you're like wow this is weird I'm so and I wonder if they think it's weird like it is weird that you're crying on camera and I cannot comfort you I cannot hand you the Kleenex And there's a little leg and they don't want to interrupt you. They're like, I'm trying to let you finish your sobbing before I step in here. And I don't really know when that will be. (laughs) Yes. And you know what? The last time I would just like to bring up the Kleenex thing again. I didn't bring Kleenex. I wasn't expecting to just ball my eyes out. And I had to like get up and go get my own. And I was like, it would be nice if we were in the office right now. (laughs) Yeah. Right. This is where you hand it to me and go, it's okay. (laughs) Now we're literally on a tangent about therapy, which is hilarious, but I'm going with it for a minute because Now I'm thinking the benefit of going into the office is that when you're done, you just walk out and you go back to your life. It's like you leave it there. So there is a bit of a con, I guess, if you think of the way is you're bringing the hard work home into your safe space in that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. It wasn't really an issue for me, but I can see how it would kind of be uncomfortable in some situations. Absolutely. And sometimes you have like, the car ride home or whatever to kind of unpack your thoughts. Whereas like, I, I don't know when you're doing your therapy, but I'm doing my therapy after my kids go to bed. So that kind of works. Cause I can go upstairs and like, you know, think it through or whatever, but it's not always that easy for some people. So I can't imagine if like my kids were upstairs still and I would just like go upstairs and like, okay, I'm back on again. Yeah. Let me make you a snack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. My favorite part of leaving a session like that and getting in the car is putting on Alanis Morissette and just like scream crying. <laughs> I love this. It's so good. That's almost therapy. Like I maybe should stop paying people and I should just do that. Cause I that do that feels all the time. So good. It does. There's nothing better. Um, I actually found like this like throwback um, playlist and I, I do it all the time. I'm like, jamming out to like I don't know lovers and friends by Ludacris yes (laughs) oh okay just like just like anything and I'm like that alone sometimes is just therapy but yeah like Alanis Morissette is a good one too I'm just trying to think of like what was on this playlist but lovers and friends was definitely on that playlist I love that for you so much (laughs) yeah there's like an inner Luda in here I don't know I hope one day we can drive home from therapy together (laughs) I you know what Angel (laughs) We need to meet one day. This is what all I know. We do. (laughs) I've never been, I've never been like, I love talking to you. And I'm like, I love how many good like internet friends I have now. Right. This is also a thing that happens when you're 30. You have really good internet friends. 
Right. And that is so funny because when I was younger, I was like, weird, who has like Facebook? I don't know. There was no Facebook when I was very young, but I always thought it was weird. Like my mom had internet friends and I was like, what is she doing talking exactly. to Tina in Ohio? Like, what's she doing here? And now I right? get it. The community, like the, the feeling of not being alone and being able to connect with people who feel similarly to you. Like, it's so important. I love that we're not even noticing. We're talking about so many things that help us feel us, right? Like having the community, having the friendships, having the Mm -hmm. outlet, because not only being a parent, but being a a human in this world is so hard. And if you don't have anyone to decompress that with, and we all love a partner, like, of course, if you've got a good spouse at home, that is support, but it's so different to just talk to other women because we get it in a way that a partner, a male partner never will. It's true. Like, you know, I can go upstairs and tell my husband about this conversation and he'd be like okay she goes to therapy like who cares like you know he doesn't he just listens to like what I'm saying but sometimes they don't really know what you're saying do you know what I mean like yes he just wouldn't he would not you and I have only been friends for a few months but you could probably understand some things if I was to vent to you about something more clear than he ever could. And he, we've been together for 15 years. I don't doubt that in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's, we just get each other, right? Like as women, as mothers, we just get it. Right. We can even give each other the look. Like we know, we know women can do the look and you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, I gotcha. And I love that so much. And it's something I really missed. Um, in my late twenties, I, you know, I'm having kids and stuff and that isolation happens. And then over this last, I don't know if it's been a year or two of the pandemic, like someone tell me, no either. <laughs> it's been a long Actually, time. It's been a long ass time. I do that to him like 15, 16, 18, 20 months. I don't know. I know Whatever. It's like, I feel like we're very close to two years if we haven't reached it yet. But anyways, it's been a long time that I haven't really connected with people in an in-person way. So I so value the virtual friendship connection situation that I've created for myself because when you're lonely, it's so hard to be okay. Yeah. And I've experienced it and I've lived it. And I will be honest, I'm terrified to be lonely in that way again, right? Because similarly, I, you know, had postpartum depression like you did and I had postpartum anxiety and I put myself so far from everyone else to keep my mind safe, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard to get out of that. It is. And I'm wondering if you think sometimes like, shit, what if I go back to that place? Not necessarily postpartum, but what if I go back to that place where I'm alone and I can't get out again? Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you bring that up actually, because recently I was having a discussion with one of my friends and I feel like so tell me what you're in and tell me if this doesn't make sense, but I feel like I got diagnosed with postpartum depression and I feel like sometimes like I still have it. Like I feel like it, but this, but now it like comes in waves, like, mm-hmm. and because it's always surrounding my kids or it's my anxiety gets really triggered by something you know, if we have a big birthday party and I have to bring them and I'm on my own, I'm without my husband and these things can last for days. And sometimes I do worry exactly about that. I'm like, is this just an, I don't know what to call it, an episode 
or is that like, is this going to stay? And it's right. terrifying to think that it will stay. It, it terrifies me. I feel like that lonely feeling is like the heaviest and scariest feeling. And although, yes, I have therapy and yes, I have a super supportive husband who probably is so sick and tired of talking about my feelings, but he still sits with me and talks about my <laughs> oh, feelings. That's love, dude. That's so good. It, he's, he really should be paid to be a therapist. <laughs> but <laughs> We're getting him in the car. He's going to sing with us to awareness. <laughs> he needs it. <laughs> he, he probably needs therapy from me. <laughs> You know what though? But that's like, healthy. It it is. Yeah. But you know, you do you can get stuck in this hole of no one understands me. And I, I actually struggled with it this past weekend. Um, my daughter is having some issues with her stomach and I had to take her to the ER and Chris wasn't home, he was at work. So like I had to because of the pandemic, I couldn't bring my other child. So I had to drop him off at grandparents' house and thank God for them. But then I had to go down and Angel, she screamed for four hours, four hours and didn't stop. And I was holding her and she's flailing around. And the doc, every time the doctor came near her, it was worse. Like I had to call my husband and I had to tell him, you need to leave work. I need you to come here. Cause like, I'm just going to leave soon. Right. Because That's I'm so like, much. it triggers like all of my anxiety in me. And then it, it took me up until today to like shake that off. Like, and it worried me all weekend. And I was like, I cannot shake off like how horrible I feel that she had to go through all of that. But the anxiety that it caused for me, because I was so worried about her, but it was so triggering in so many different ways that it just like, I did, I sat with that all weekend. Like, is this going to go away? this is a horrible feeling. Why can I not shake this off? Like I'm feeling very alone by this, but then you know, you're not alone. As soon as I started posting about it on Instagram, there was so many moms relating to me and understanding the way I'm feeling, but I was still feeling very alone. Yeah. And it's like a really scary place to be sometimes. First, is she okay? Everything's good. Yes. She's good. We got it under control today was a lot better so I think I think we'll be much better moving forward it was nothing serious it was just but you know what I mean like your kids can have like (sighs) fucking head lice and you're like oh my god is it really head lice or right you know what I mean and if, if it's like a consistent issue with your kid even when it's the simplest of issues it's like this is stressful. And then oh, you know, yeah. she's like drama times 10. So everything with her is quite an issue. Well, yeah. Um, I get the same way. It's like debilitating. Sometimes I will convince myself a mosquito bite is a tick that has entered my child's body. Like, I don't know I where, ticks. <laughs> like, I will be posting pictures like, guys, is this a tick? And everyone's like, no. Stop. Yes. I, like, I told, I get that. If, yeah, I get it. I feel I do too. It's so deeply ingrained in us. And I don't think every parent is like that. I think that that is something that's triggering us that we're like overreacting about because I know a lot of parents who are like, oh, it's no big deal. It's a fever. And I'm like, really though? <laughs> I'm on my way to the eMERGE right yes. now. So I don't know why you think this is cool because I'm freaking the F out. 
Yeah, me too. And then sometimes then you can like spiral down. Like, am I overreacting? Is this more about me than it is this? And it's like, no, 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 your feelings are valid. You are allowed to be scared. And I don't care if your kid has this stomach flu. It's scary sometimes. It's scary. Yeah. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I personally have found in my thirties, I'm doing so much introspection. I'm really like digging down and figuring out, you know, what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and why I'm the way I am. And I find myself taking so much ownership for my part in things that I maybe never wanted to acknowledge before. So in a situation, like you just said with your daughter before that would have triggered me to become very irritable and angry. And I never understood it, but it would cause maybe arguments with my partner. It would cause so much like turmoil and chaos for no reason. Why? Cause a kid's sick. Right. Mm-hmm. But it just catapults into so many different things. And I'm finally learning like, okay, you had a big part in what just happened here. And you need to own it so that you can change it. And I just think it's so interesting that I'm able to do that now because I would have never done that before. Yep. Yeah. I relate to that so much. Like I also go from like zero to a hundred. I have a temper. It's just, you know, been given to me genetically. I think my parents are the same way. Also, maybe I was parented that way. So that's probably why I react triggered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm saying because mm-hmm, like same I'm not it's not like mm-hmm, I know man. no I know <laughs> I always forget my parents aren't gonna listen to this so I'm like sorry dad sorry mom but you know <laughs> um but you know it's just so I, I relate to that entirely because even still like this last weekend I was like so overwhelmed when we got home when we got them like I had a big a big argument with my husband and it's like then I have to, but now I'm so self-aware, like you were saying it. And I understand myself so much more than I'm like, why are you such an asshole? Like right. you don't have to be an asshole. You can just say that you, this was really hard for you and you're overwhelmed and that's it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. So now I have to go with my tail between my legs. <laughs> like, like you know, I'm really sorry, but I think that's a huge piece of your growth, right? To acknowledge what you've done, realize you're a very big part of this issue and why it's so much worse now is because you made an ass of yourself and made this a much bigger thing than it needed to be. But I 100% agree. And now I feel like my self-awareness is huge, which is huge. But also, do you feel like I'm like, watching a car crash but it's like me that's gonna crash the car right just the anticipation and I know what I'm doing yes because I'm my self-awareness is so much larger now and I feel like I understand myself so much that I know what I'm doing and sometimes you're just like okay I have to stop myself before I totally screw all this up or make this issue a larger issue but I feel like that's a huge part of the healing too right yeah I noticed I'm also so less tolerant of people who are not going to get on my level healing wise. Yes. I, yes. I know we have like a similar background with our parents and like how mm-hmm. that pertains to our parenting and our trauma and our triggers and everything. But I, the more I grow and the more I'm okay with me, the less time I have for anyone else's bullshit. Yes. And I used to be so tolerant of it and I, I can see it now. I'm looking back and I'm like, damn, what the hell was I doing putting up with all of this drama and negativity all the time? No wonder I got myself 
so messed up within it, right? So in, uh, what do you say, entangled in it? Because it it is like a gravitational pull, that negativity and all that bad vibes, bad, bad juju. And now I have like no time for it. Like if someone starts an argument with me, I'm just like, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I can't, like, I can't do this with you today or any day in the near future. So I'm going to talk to you later. I've lost friends lately that I've had for a long time, just because I, I no longer can put up with the stuff that they do regularly. It just feels uncomfortable for me now. And that yeah. makes me feel kind of proud. Agreed. Yeah. I, uh, I actually went through a lot of stuff since I've had my kids with that. Um, again, probably because since I've had children, I really feel like I've really discovered who I am and what I want, what my, you know, found my own worth really. Right. And friendships have been a big one. And up until like a month ago, I was just like, you know, you can re, you can evaluate so many things in your life and then at some point it's almost like a, a switch is flipped and it was like so why am I doing all of these things when all I get in return is negativity or why am I you know bending over backwards when you know maybe that's not reciprocated and I'm finally figuring out like I'm worthy of having friends who reach out to me and want to speak to me and not just you know me feeling bad because I haven't spoken to you but but I'm working and I have two kids and a husband and all these things, but you know, so sometimes I'm just really realizing my worth, which I think is huge too. And I think that's a big part of your thirties and whether it's your friendships, your relationship, like you said, when you um, got separated or your relationship with your parents, like that's been huge for me too. I've put huge boundaries up around my parents. They don't love it. They understand it. But it feels better to me. I feel like I'm ve- I'm much better at protecting my peace with my friendships, my parents, in, my husband, my work life, my children, whatever it is. I'm creating healthy boundaries to keep Amanda happy and peaceful. Because when I'm happy and peaceful, I can have happy, peaceful relationships with all of these people, right? Right. But the I- friendship piece has been really, really big for me, especially lately. I've just felt like all of a sudden you can really evaluate what's going on in my life. And COVID, I'm not sure this would resonate with you, but I feel like COVID brought that out too. Like, think of how much time you've lost with people. And I've really reevaluated, like, if I could go this long without talking to certain people, and I've barely spoken to them the whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I realize how precious time is now. Like, am I really going to want to spend this extra time that I have with those people? Or should I be focusing more time, you know, with my grandmother or my children or my aunt, whoever it is, maybe people that are more important to me. I think that's so interesting because for me, a little off topic, sorry, but yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I don't think it's off topic at all because you said you struggle mostly with the friend aspect of mm-hmm. it and like setting mm-hmm. those boundaries and realizing that it's interesting, right? You hit your thirties and you realize I don't need a big group of friends. No, I, I have need... my best friend. That's all I need. Like right. quantity. What am I? No quality over quantity. Like, but when you were younger, it was like, I, do you know how many people have in my address book to call and text? And I'm constantly texting people and 
it was like I was texting the most ridiculous people that like don't give a shit about my life so like why (laughs) well exactly and I feel that in my 20s it was very much so maybe without even meaning it to be like a popularity contest totally and I always felt like I need more pic more pictures with people so I can post it and people can believe that I have these friendships and I need to be talking constantly on social media about how I'm out and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And none of that interests me anymore. Now you're lucky if we went out to dinner and I took a picture with you before I started eating, like I've never seen a meal. Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't care to do that anymore. Um, And doesn't bring value. Right. And that is something I really noticed. So when you said that, I thought that's so true. Friendships Mm -hmm. really start to dissipate as you get older And it's almost like they're just weeding out the bad ones on their own. They're just kind of disappearing from your life. I used to cling to those people. I used to try to bring them back. And now I just think, I mean, good riddance. Yeah, same. And and as cheesy as it sounds, I think like that, what's that saying? Like people sometimes are just like seasons in your life, right? Right, Like certain people are put in your life for different reasons and they don't always fit into your next stage of life but you know I've gone through a lot since having my kids and I've realized during all of that like I have a best friend and I'm really lucky to have her I realized like people don't get one friendship like I have with her so if I have like one really good friendship like that's that's really all that matters like I have other friends And they're wonderful and don't get me wrong, but it's like, if you can have like one person that you can rely on, that's all you really need. Yeah, for sure. Like we were, we were texting last night and like, I will, she sent me a meme and it was like, I will let my husband read my inbox messages, my Facebook messages, all the messages, but he ain't never reading the messages between me and my best friend. And I wouldn't let him (laughs) read that when too many secrets so funny <laughs> it's so true but it's so funny I know the, I love the it stuff that goes down in your chat or your text message with your best friend it's just like top secret stuff and it's so it's so special like those little conversations I think that when you find that person or those people who just get you and connect mm-hmm. with you and are there for you when you need someone to lean on I would protect that too. I think it's, yeah. it's good to have that. And it's good to keep that just between you and that person. Yeah. I am someone who kind of, I always had a lot of friendships, but I never had many that were really fulfilling. And I like what you're saying. It's like, if you find someone who is checking all your friendship boxes, just hang on to that person. And who cares about the rest of it? Yeah. You don't need 10 half-ass friends. You don't. It's, is it great that I still have like other friendships that are still good friends. We go out to dinner, you know, once every six months or whatever. Yeah. That's great. But like to just know that if I, you know, need to call her from the ER and tell her how much I hate my, my screaming three-year-old, even though she's in pain and I know she's going to pick up whether it's 1am, 5am, you know, dinner time, whichever, like just to know that you have that one person that's been really apparent to me in the last few years for sure. I teared up a little bit. I'm not going to lie when you brought up boundaries with parents, because Mm -hmm. that is something that is so difficult for me, but I am working so hard on, I have a really hard time 
doing that with my mom and I don't think she's ever going to listen to this. <laughs> if she does, I'll see you in therapy, Tammy. Um, <laughs> we'll save you a seat. But just because of like our relationship and how it's shaped out throughout the years, I have a really hard time following through with my boundary. And it's something that mm-hmm. I'm working on, but I'll set the boundary, right? I'll say, okay, no, she cannot speak to me like this. I cannot deal with this. I can't have this with me or my kids. Hard boundary, done. And then a week or two goes by and I feel that pull, like call her, see what she's doing, send her a message. And I hate it so much because it's my boundary and I'm the one who put it there. And I'm having a hard time navigating that. And it's something that's really important to me to figure out within the next little while here, because my whole life I was told if someone's in your family, you have to like them, you have to love them, hug them when you say goodbye, all this stuff that I think is so inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And let's be real. There's a lot of people in our families that if they weren't related, we would never look at them. One <laughs> the way family is like, it's not your fault. You were born into it. You don't have to like everyone who's at Christmas. It's okay. And I'm kind yeah. of coming to terms with that and trying to be gentle with myself in learning to unlearn all those bad behaviors and weird conversations and, you know, little bites at each other. I'm struggling with that right now, but I'm hopeful that as time goes on and I keep working on myself, that will become something that is less heavy for me. Yeah, it will. It really, really will. It's been something that I've had to work really hard at too. My mom, I'm very similar. My mom and I are not, uh, we are now. We have had a lot of therapy together Um, so I feel like those boundaries are created, um, a long time ago, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I do tend to let her in a little too much, but now we have an understanding and she understands me. So I can say to her, you know, like, I don't say you have to back off, but let's just, let's just say, okay, you got to back off. Right. And she will, she gets it. She knows me. Um, and I think I've also come to terms with the fact with this is a huge one I've come to terms with the fact that I cannot change my parents I cannot change who they are I cannot change how they parent me I don't have to like it um but I can't change it I forgive my parents for things that I feel like they didn't do the right way mm-hmm. and I can't change them that was like the biggest thing for me it was like you know there are certain things that my dad values in life that bother me because I'm like why you know does this mean so much to you but I don't do that so then he can make me feel less than but it's like but I'm not less than I just have to understand that that's just who he is nothing I can say or do will change that and like that's okay but then I've created some boundaries with him which were hard for him at first um because my dad is a very much like he's here four times a week sometimes So, um, but he's getting much better at it now. I don't think that he fully understands like what it is that I'm doing, but that's okay. Um, and when he gets mad about it and he doesn't really get mad, he'll just like make little like comments about it in a joking way, but I know he's really pissy at me. (laughs) Um, I just tell myself all the time, if it bothers me, I just tell myself like, you can't change him. You can't change who he is or how he feels like he's entitled to have those feelings but just stick to your guns and it's gotten easier. 
So if you just keep doing it, that's my only advice to you. Remember that you can't change them. Remember their feelings are valid, but remember also you can't change their feelings and just like stick to what's making you comfortable. Um, I also have my husband who knows what I want. And when I start to cave calls me on my shit. So Love that. as much as I hate him when he calls me on my shit and I never want him to be right. Cause let's get real. We're right. They're wrong. That's just it. <laughs> um, I love him for it. Cause I'm like, fuck, he's right. Okay. Right. Yes. They're not coming over tonight. And that's why we have our people in our corner, right? So they can remind us. No, yeah. no, keep it going here. You have a good thing going. Don't fuck it up right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? And that's what he does. And it's annoying, but it's needed because I, I love, I'm, I'm a kind hearted person. I love my parents. I want them to spend every moment with my kids, but then sometimes I realize that's not always what's best for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And look at you putting yourself first. Sometimes we got to do it sometimes, even when they don't like it, right. you know, eventually they'll get it. And if they don't, well, fuck them. Right. If they're not going <laughs> to hop in with us then we're going without them. <laughs> right. You can't come into therapy car with us and listen no, to Lana's Morissette. You just can't. You will be uninvited if you don't get your shit together. <laughs> Yeah, you can stay home. We'll run you down with the car. I don't know. Oh, we'll leave you with the kids if that's what you want to do so bad. <laughs> yes. So I'm wondering if you feel with all this newfound power, kind of, right? This power to take ownership mm-hmm. of your life and take ownership of what went wrong and what went right and, and how you apply that to your future self. How has that affected your confidence? I feel much more confident. Um, there's a lot of things that I feel like I'm still working on, but I feel like more than anything, like, you know, sometimes I think we think as confidence as like, I feel like sexy in my skin or I think I'm beautiful. And I feel like confidence is like very looks driven. Does that make sense? Like, yes, I love myself for what I look like. Um, but I still struggle with that. I'm still working on that. So that piece will come, but (laughs) I feel like I've found my voice so much more. And like, that is, has been really nice to like, actually like sit back and think about it. Like I openly talk about how I'm feeling about things. Like I get to have an opinion about things and I don't always, I don't, always do this but I don't always take things personally like I used to hear people's opinions and I instantly like literally instantly would think like they're trying to put me down mm. and it would be something like I don't know like I could be like I love blue and then like, oh I hate blue I like yellow and I'd be oh like oh gosh. so they hate me like that's how I would take that but now like I just noticed like those things changed. And like I said earlier, like my parents could say things that were triggering to me and I'd think that they're putting me down in some really weird way, but now we can just have an open conversation. And like, I might think like my dad's an idiot for like whatever his opinion is, but I now know like he is his own person and has his own opinions as do I. And look at us having a healthy conversation about what each of us thinks and no one's getting mad at each other. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. And I find like, even at work, like something as simple as like speaking up in the meeting, like I'm finding I'm, I have really, really found my voice. Um, also back to the parents, like I can tell my parents they're not allowed to say certain things to my kids because 
this is how we're parenting and I'm just fine with it. And they don't have to like it, but they're my kids. So I'm going to voice my opinion. I recently got into an argument with my brother about this because he tried to parent my kid and he parents very differently than me. And he tore a strip off of my son. And I told him, no, absolutely not. Like, this is not going to happen. That's not how we talk to each other in our house. He didn't like it, but he understood it, apologized to me, apologized to my son. And guess what? We moved on with it. I think old Amanda would have held on to that anger for another month and be like, remember when you yelled at my kid? (laughs) But now every barbecue, you're like, "Uh, excuse me, remember when you did this? I'm still remember, (laughs) remember Connor when he made you feel that little? Tell him but now we don't do that <laughs> right yeah I, it's it's been nice to, it feels good it feels good to feel like I'm worthy and I'm allowed to have an opinion on what I say matters and how I feel matters can we normalize confidence and sexiness and all that being 100% from within because when you yeah. said that I was like exactly as soon as you say I'm a confident person and people are like oh, she really likes the way she looks. And that's not it. Confidence comes from this place within where you're just, you're good with yourself. You know that what you have to say is valid, that your thoughts and feelings are valid, and you believe that you deserve to take up space. That's confidence. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you look like. Same thing with sexiness. I used to stand in front of the mirror in my 20s and I looked significantly different than I do now, post kids, right? But like, I would pick myself apart. Totally. From eyebrows to like, I just crazy things like eyelashes. You're like, what? Who cares about any of that? You just put fake ones on anyways. But I would pick myself apart about so many things, you know, just in the mirror, looking at myself and not liking anything I saw. And also I had no confidence, meaning I didn't like who I was on the inside. I didn't feel empowered and strong and worthy on the inside. So when you see someone and they're walking around, have you ever seen someone who's not conventionally attractive, but is so sexy because they are carrying themselves in a way that they know they deserve to be seen? Yep, absolutely. Oh yeah, my I think God. it's like that. You remember when we were younger and it would be like, I know they're kind of like ugly, but they have a really great personality. Right. I'm like, is that, I it's think like that's me. Of, like, not that I think I'm ugly. Think that's me. <laughs> but I was like, I know I'm not ugly, but also I'm heavily relying on personality. But I like that's what I mean. Like I feel like we knew that back then too. It was yeah. like it's it, that sounds like such an asshole thing. But I've totally said it. But like maybe those people were like oozing confidence and like what was it about their personality that we we're attracted to? If you're not attracted, apparently, if you're not attracted to what they look like, right. there was something that was attracting them to you. But yeah, I, I I'm with you. Like and you know what the postpartum though also did give me some body confidence that I've never had before and there's a lot of things I still struggle with with my body and I think I'm going to struggle forever I don't think there's a woman out there that doesn't wish she could lose five pounds or have bigger boobs or smaller boobs whatever it is longer lashes like you said (laughs) better eyebrows whatever it is whatever right like there's always going to be something But one thing that I realized too, like, look at what my body did. It did it not once, but it did it twice. And so sometimes I just really ring, ring myself back in and like, okay, 
I have loose skin where I didn't before. Okay, I have stretch marks where I didn't before. One of my boobs is significantly larger than the other one. It's never going back. Happen, right? Like, thanks so much for that. I don't nature. fucking know. You know what? I don't know. And le- can I just point out the fact that when we did, when I did breastfeed, it was like the one that produced the least amount of milk. So what, why did you do that? I, I know exactly what you mean. And it makes no sense. It makes no sense. So if you're listening and that's happening to you, I just feel like it's normal. But now they're like deflated water balloons And I really do wish I could get a boob job, but you know, there's like, what would a boob job fix? What would it fix? Right. Yeah. Okay. My boobs would look better, but does that really matter? Does it change like who I am? No. Does it make me a better person? No. I just have better looking boobs and who gives a shit about that? (laughs) Maybe my husband. Right. (laughs) Right. I don't I think even think I care about that. <laughs> no, I, you get to the point. I think at first, when you notice the changes, you right away make a list in your head. Like, I need to get a lot of stuff done. I better start making a lot of money. Or yeah, fat. like the mommy makeover or whatever. Yeah. And I've tried to run the numbers many a time. I'm like, can I swing this? <laughs> like, right. Like, what would like... a monthly payment be? <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel $9, like $9,000. Yeah. <laughs> Kids like were not eating. <laughs> Like we can really crunch this and we have no more goldfish. We're just going to have like Ritz. <laughs> There's got to be a way. But at the Girl, end of the Ritz day, are expensive. I haven't bought Ritz in a hot minute. So I went right to that, <laughs> but they're probably more expensive than gold. My children haven't reached that fine dining experience yet. <laughs> Give it to them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that this is kind of on topic, but off every time you get a plastic surgery procedure, you should have to go through therapy because if you're just fixing the superficial and you're not fixing what we're talking about on the inside, that's how I think people become obsessed with plastic surgery because they're constantly looking for that next thing. Same thing with working out, right? If, if you're working out to solely lose weight and you're not doing it for like health or happiness, you get obsessed with the scale and it's, it's just the drive. It's the only thing you think about. It's the only thing you do. It becomes an obsession because you're never going to feel okay. If you're not doing that self-work on the inside. Yep. Yeah. I recently actually did talk to my therapist about this and, you know, sometimes I think that we all as women, but I know I do for sure. I can put a lot of value on what I look like. And I had an event to go to recently, first time since the pandemic. And I was like, I've barely seen some of these people since I've had my daughter and I've got an extra like 20 pounds on me since I've had my daughter. And, you know, I've lost it and gained it and lost it and gained it. Um, And then it really hit me when we were having a conversation and I just thought I would really like to lose 40 pounds but I know when I lose that 40 pounds, I'm not going to be any happier. It's not going to make me happy. And I think that's been a huge part of figuring out who I am. And I think that comes in your thirties. Like I know I can work out every single day and starve myself to death and I can get there. I can get to losing that 40 pounds, but I don't think I want to. And I think that's okay. Like I want to work out because I want to work out. I want to eat the vegetables because I want to, and I'm enjoying them, but losing 40 pounds is not going to make me any happier. And I know that, like, I know that it it just won't. So, you know, eventually 
when I'm happier with myself and I lose the weight, yeah, maybe that will be perfect. But like, if I don't, that's okay too. Right. And what you just said, I could do it. You know, I could overexert myself and I could do it, but at what cost, right? Exactly. These are things I didn't think about in my twenties. At what cost are you? I'd lose myself. Totally. Literally light myself on fire and completely Mm -hmm. become a dumpster fire of a human to attain this one little thing. And then you never think about the cost of that completely losing all the work you put in or who you are and what you stand for and what's important to you. And now as a parent, constantly thinking about what I'm modeling for these kids, do I want them to see me go into self-sabotage mode just so I can fit some sort of standard that I think I need to achieve? It's so interesting how you start looking at things through a totally different lens as you get older and as you, mm-hmm. you know, get comfortable in your parenting and get comfortable in your womanhood and your adulthood. Cause let's be honest, I didn't feel like an adult most of my twenties. No, I felt either. like I was, I, I ate a lot of pizza pockets as meals. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you know, know what, what I mean? Like <laughs> Pogos, Pogos, Pogos in too. the microwave. Like you want to know how someone's not doing good mentally. Just think of what they're eating on a day-to-day basis. And if it's Pogo's vegetables coming from a can and Michelinas, we have a situation. Yeah. You that's know? a red flag. That's like, <laughs> we need to get this girl some help. So my twenties were very much me. Oh my, not even self-discovering. Cause I think I'm doing that now. They were just me trying to fit in, trying to be what I thought I should be trying to be what I thought people expected of me. Yeah. I'm being who I am. I'm yeah. being authentic. I'm proud of the work I'm doing. I'm so fucking proud of myself for making this podcast. So much kudos to you, honestly, because when you approached me with your podcast and then I listened to a bunch of your episodes, I was like, oh my God, she's so good. Like, it's so easy to listen to this. Could, could I do this? I always thought I should, but I never thought I could. And I yeah. got on your podcast. We did the episode and I was like, I didn't freak out. Like <laughs> I had a conversation yes. with an adult person. And so like this for me, is something that I'm so proud of, something that I'm doing. And I'm not doing it for any other reason than it's something for me. Like you shared, it is for you. It's something mm-hmm. that I am enjoying learning and, you know, trying to master and trying to figure out and talking to people is important to me and my mental health. And so, yeah, man, just turning 30. And it's a trip. What is going on? Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> We've had this whole conversation and I'm like, I'm going to be honest, I don't even know what we talked about. <laughs> Me either. I felt like it was like therapy all in itself. Right. Maybe we should send this recording to our therapists. I think we should go for Dairy Queen now. Like we deserve it. Hell yes. I actually have drumsticks in the freezer. Oh, so that might work, but I can't like get it to you because you're far and oh. it's real hot. So yes, yeah, it's going to work. You're going to have to get your own ice cream. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to have to door dash myself something because the kids are sleeping. So I will get an ice cream type thing to celebrate this. Love it. Yeah. So thank you so much. I love talking to you growing up and becoming a parent and trying to balance all of the things is fucking hard. It's really hard. Yeah. I think we don't credit ourselves enough e- enough either, right? Like I'm raising two fucking human beings and I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Like I don't have a fucking clue. I'm no. sorry for swearing so much. That is just how I feel. And like we said earlier, we're trying to parent differently. Mm-hmm. So I don't even have a blueprint. I got no. nothing. You're just when flying I by the seat of your pants. Yeah. 
and I'm raging through it. Like, you know, sometimes I rip my kid's head off and I'm like, damn it, we are gentle parenting. We're not doing that. So then I got to pull it back and apologize. And it's, it's fucking hard. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. It is exhausting. I feel like we have a whole different layer of exhaustion because I feel like a lot of us are breaking that cycle. And again, it's nothing against our parents. They also did the best they could. Our children will be in therapy complaining about us. Right. But, you know, I think, I don't even know what I think. It's just hard. And I think we just need to be (laughs) more honest. We don't know anymore, guys. Okay. We said all we can say. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, I I appreciate you saying that because that's all I want. I just want one mom to listen to my podcast or one mom to come across my Instagram and be like, me too. Cause that's what mommy bloggers did for me. Right. That's what, you know, the birth papaya did for me. And, um, Anupa, I can't think of her last name. Um, but she was the first person I reached out to cause she made a post about postpartum rage. And I was like, I think this is what I have. And, like having a conversation with her was life-changing for me. Like I went right. to therapy because she actually answered my DM and I felt so understood and I felt like no one understood me but her. And I just want to be that person for one person. Well, I love that. And I hope that anyone who's listening to this, who is a woman or a mother feels that they have someone in their life or on their social media that they can reach out to in that way. So they can make that connection because we talked about how lonely it can be without it. And I want to finish us off by telling you, Amanda, that I am so fucking proud of you. And I don't think as women and as moms, we say that to each other. And it makes me emotional to say it because it's important that people know like, hey, I see you and you're doing really well. So I wanted to tell you that. Thank you. I am proud of you too. And you know what? I, it's right back at you. It is hard work to essentially raise yourself while you're also raising children it's it's really hard and you are doing it and you're killing it and we just got to keep going so pat on the back for both of us we're cyber hugging right now we totally are (laughs) which is good because it's like healthy social distancing it is like we're safe (laughs) but also so in love no i'm so grateful for you i'm so stoked to watch our friendship blossom I think that we have so much more in common than we ever anticipated and I can't wait to have you back to talk again oh anytime I'm here girl okay well I'll talk to you later see ya bye